0: Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: We of Jesus Will you come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Will you drink deep Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him come and draw from the well of salvation be made clean let him wash you in truth
0: Amen. he
1: is the fountain of living water Come and be made new Will you drink Deeply Of Jesus Will you come to the Water of life You will never Thirst again Let all who are Thirsty come To Him He can refresh you In the desert Where your sin Lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to him, dear sinner. through
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Will you drink deeply of Jesus, the water of life? That's what I want, and that's what I'm doing. It's all on the line.
2: I'm drinking, and my thirst is
0: quenched. I like this new song. Let me know if you do.
2: Do your words have meaning?
0: Many years in history, the people have been a part of a monarchy. In America, we say we have a republic and we're free. We can go where we want to go. We can say what we want to say. Now, we're recognizing that that's all changing and that America is losing its democracy, its freedoms. But words do have meaning. I talk to people who seem to think their words have no meaning. That they can say whatever they want to say, and it's okay. You'll forget what you said tomorrow anyway, so what difference does it make? And so you can lie. You can just say things and then forget about it. But we don't live under those kinds of circumstances today. You may not realize this, but we live under a total monarchy. His name is Jesus, and he is in absolute and total authority over you and over me. And we need to recognize that when we speak, it's being recorded. And we will one day face in court the words we have spoken, and there will be a check to see if what we have said and what we have done match up.
2: Samuel, the prophet Had
0: to go speak with King Saul. He protected himself. He said, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over the people Israel. Okay, treat me with respect, Saul. There was no friendship lost between them. He had rebuked Saul on numerous occasions. But they were afraid of each other. They were afraid because King Saul could just cut his head off at a whim. Saul was afraid because Samuel spoke directly from the living God of heaven, the boss of all things. So he says to King Saul, This is 1 Samuel 15. Listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they were coming up out of Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalekites and totally destroy them everything that belongs to them do not spare them put to death men women children infants cattle sheep camels donkeys it's all unclean don't touch it so Saul he summoned the men of Israel and of Judah an army now more than 200 Thousand soldiers. Saul attacked the Amalekites. Saul was a mighty warrior. He had become expert in strategies and in movements of men. He had become an expert in wielding the sword and the strategies of staying alive. Where swords are flying. Saul attacks the Amalekites. In the process, he took King Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, unharmed. That would have been quite a military strategy. Now, everything that was good, the best of the sheep, The best of the cattle, the lambs, everything that was good he kept, along with King Agag. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised, that was weak, they totally destroyed. And the word of the Lord comes to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from the commands of the Lord, has not carried out my instructions. Now, what does it mean he repenteth? That's what the King James Version would say. Well, it means literally To sigh, to breathe hard,
2: to have a strong opinion.
0: So now King Saul has set himself up directly against the God of heaven, the monarch. And he's grieved. He's breathing hard. Samuel was troubled. And he cried out to the Lord all that night. Now, I want you to know that when a man stays up all night crying out to God, somebody's in trouble. Somebody's going to get a very harsh Judgment against them. Have you made God mad at you? You can make God mad at you just by going along with the world. Not listening and not following along. When the Lord tries to lead you another way. But listen. Early in the morning... Samuel gets up. He goes to meet Saul. But he's told that Saul has already gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. So he's already set up a monument commemorating his great victory over the Amalekites. Samuel reached him. Saul said, The Lord bless you! I've carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of the cattle that I hear? Well, Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites, They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but we totally destroyed the rest. Stop! Stop! Samuel shouts to Saul, Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me. He has no sense. The trouble he's in, and yet he is very aware that he has not carried out the Lord's command. He doesn't consider it important to carry out the Lord's instructions in his heart and in his life. You get a very clear impression. Do this. Go here. Give this. And you say, nah. You don't go pray about it. Because you live in a republic where we have freedom of speech. You don't have to match your speech and your actions. You're free to just say whatever you want to say. Go whatever way you want to go. It doesn't matter. But it matters to God. Now, I want you to notice the twisted thinking of King Saul. Saul answered. The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best, and they destroyed the rest. Samuel said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people. The Amalekites had made war on the children of Israel at their most vulnerable time. And they, the Amalekites tried to wipe the children of Israel out. They lost the battle. Why did you not obey the Lord? This is the most difficult and painful question a human heart will have to answer. If not now, in the great day of God's judgment, why did you blow me off? Why did you not listen to what I told you to go do? I was clear with you. I told you what to do. Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Now, let me just say this, please. The Lord has at times been very clear with me, giving me directions about what he wants me to do. Sometimes it seems impossible to do but always obedience to god brings a blessing from his hand always obedience to god brings a blessing from his hand it's very clear in the scriptures do not fornicate you fornicate do not steal do you steal do not murder With anger and bitterness against your brother, your sister. Do you carry grudges in your heart? Then you've not obeyed the command of the Lord. And the consequence will be painful. But it gets even more dangerous. You go talk with someone. You listen to their story, their problem, their whatever. And you're clear about what they should do. They consider you a wise man. But you pull their thinking very slyly by the words you speak. You pull the conversation in the direction that will benefit you. And they take that course of action. And they get wiped out. Now, you didn't tell them to do that. You just very slyly pulled the conversation in that direction. And they reached their own conclusion and they acted on their conclusion. They would never say it was your fault. But God would say it was your fault.
2: That's very dangerous with God.
0: Makes Him angry. When you harm a brother or a sister. By cunning words. In a way that profits you. God may simply put you to death. And yet. Many of us have been able to do that through the years with careful, careful words, knowing the result will be, and I'm now speaking to you pastors especially, you want that donation to the church, you know they're in the valley of decision, and you know just the right words to convince them to pull that donation your direction. That's wickedness. God is not pleased with wickedness. If you choose to play the role of Saul, you can do that very, very easily. Saul is off to, to Carmel, place of monuments. He's made himself a monument. But you know who's tagging behind him on the trail like a wolf? The prophet Samuel. Does the Lord have a spirit tracking you? Looking at what you have done. Let me tell you another story. I just learned about a Christian woman who was working as a carpenter to build a house called a casino. Is it wrong to build a casino? Yes. It's awful. You're making money off the backs of poor people who cannot afford to go to the casino and waste their family's bread. But she can go build out the casino because they're paying her. That's a tough one, isn't it? I can go say whatever I want to say. I can get my job. I can take care of myself. But down the road, I know that many people are going to suffer in degradation and sin because of what I'm building as a monument at Carmel to the devil.
2: See, this is not easy.
0: The Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. No, he hasn't. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder? Well, why does any person pounce on the plunder? You think you can get it and nobody will know any different Difference. You, you can grab the plunder and get out of there before the flood comes. But I did obey the Lord, Saul says. I went to the mission in the Lord that the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. Oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You killed all the Amalekites, but here is Agag, their king, standing before me. Isn't he an Amalekite? Wouldn't he be included in killing all of the Amalekites? Of course. But see, he, he plays with words. I'm concerned because many, many, many in the church today play with words, and especially pagans play with words too. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder of the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Oh, oh, wait a minute. He's saying, we saved. No, the soldiers saved the cattle and the sheep and the goats and so on because they want to offer them as offerings to God. No, they don't. They see it as plunder, and they grab the plunder for themselves. It's not devoted to God. And Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. Does the Lord delight in praise and worship? Does the Lord delight in church fellowship, in prayer, in preaching? Does the Lord delight himself in all of that? No, he doesn't. He delights himself in obedience to his commands. Verse 23 For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king well, wait a minute, he just lost his kingship because he played footsies with his commanders as soldiers and did not have the guts to stand up and say, no, we're not going to go that way. We're going to go this way because it's the right way. Have you ever ever violated this like I'm talking about it today? Have you violated the commands of God because you wanted to keep your congregation happy? Or you wanted to keep your family happy? Or you wanted to keep the respect of your friends who would say you're a fool if you don't go this and grab this plunder now? Really? Really? Aren't you concerned? about what the Lord God of heaven thinks about what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're acting? Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. Yes, you have. You have sinned. You spoke truth. I violated the Lord's command. I violated your instruction. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave in to them. What? He's now admitting that what he's done is wrong? Does he honestly think that the Lord God, the King of kings, will not deal with him severely if he does not truly repent? Well, has he truly repented yet? I've heard people come to me and they've said, Pastor, I've sinned. Would you pray that the Lord would forgive me? No, you haven't really repented yet. He says, now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. What oh, sounds so righteous? Come back with me so I can worship the Lord. I've sinned. No, he has a hidden motive. What's your hidden motive? Do you have a hidden motive in your heart regarding the way you deal with your family or the way you deal with your church or the way you deal with friends or at work? Do you have a hidden agenda going? He sounds so holy. I beg you, forgive my sin. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord.
2: Ooh,
0: that sound pretty. No, it's corrupt. I'll show you. Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. You're no longer the accepted king of Israel by the Almighty God. You're on your own. Samuel is done with this. He's done with the king. The king is a big man, remember. I don't know if... I don't know what size Samuel was, but he was a strong man.
2: And as he turns...
0: Saul reaches out. He catches a hold of the outer garment of his robe, and it tears. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. Talk about total rebuke, total rejection. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. What would make God reject you? What would make God reject you? When you have refused to obey his command in your heart, God will reject you. That's terrifying to me. I don't want God to reject you, and I don't want God to reject me. And we have all sinned grossly against him. And there is really only one solution. and that is heartfelt, broken repentance before God with no hidden agendas, with everything laid out plainly before everyone to see. If it's a secret sin, if you've been lying or stealing secretly, if you've been shacked up with some woman, God will reject you. And in the end, you will be lost and cast into hell. I'd hate to be in Saul's shoes. But listen to how it all ends. I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people And before Israel, come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. Oh, now we get down to the reality. What is the hidden agenda here? Saul is saying, I want my people to respect me as their king. You you were just told that God removed the blessing of the kingship from you. But you don't want that to be known. You want to keep the illusion of the great king who builds himself castles. You want to be respected as the great king who can defeat the Amalekites and bring back all of this plunder. Please come worship with me, Saul, Samuel. Please come, Samuel, worship with me. So that the people will know the people will know that I'm still their, king, but Samuel has just said, "He who is the glory of Israel does not change, does not lie, for he's not a man that he should change his mind. You're finished." King Saul, you're finished. I've already turned my heart toward another man. He's a neighbor. Oh, my brother, my sister. Can I tell you something scary? God has turned his heart toward a young shepherd boy by the name of David. David has been trained fighting bear and lions. And God is going to make him king, but not in the easy way that he made Saul king. No, no. He is going to put King David through the most torturous, dangerous, the most disrespected man in all Israel when he deserved their utter honor. and But he's been cast out. I'll talk about this later. God is not going to let David waltz into the kingship of Israel. Instead, he's going to test him in every possible way. He is going to toughen this young man up And he's going to spend a great deal of time in the wilderness. David is going to live in caves with his family. His parents are going to be threatened. His wife is going to desert him. He's going to go through it. And he has to because God wants to use him. And later in scripture it said, and David was a man after God's own heart. How is that possible? Saul was not a man after God's own heart. David grossly sinned with Bathsheba, murdered her husband. How is he a man after God's own heart? Because when his sin is exposed, he honestly repents. He lets go of his pride. Do you have sin in your life today? I'm just hearing in the spirit that some of you are just like Saul. You have hidden sin. You've maneuvered around it. But you know you're not pleasing before God. You know you're under God's judgment. Well, what are you going to do about that? What actions are you going to take? It's not a matter of words. It's a matter of actions. What actions are you willing to take to assure yourself that you are in a right standing with the living God of heaven? God has told you things to do, and you haven't done them. He's told you to move, and you haven't moved. He's told you to leave that church and go to this church, and you haven't done it. God has led you by the Spirit. He's put disease on you. You haven't changed. Do you think you can survive and have God's blessing when you have disobeyed his commands to your heart? Rebellion is like the sin of divination. Arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. I want to give you the good news. You may have been utterly rejected by God. But if you'll come and honestly repent before him, and before those that you have impacted, then God will turn his
2: face back toward you. So, what are you going to
0: do? What action will you take that will match the words of your mouth? You've said, I am a Christian. Are you? Do your actions show that you are a Christian? Or are you just a talker like King Saul?
2: Now notice.
0: Something very unusual happens here. Verse 30, I have sinned. But please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. He's finally getting really honest with Samuel. Okay, Samuel, I got it. So Samuel went back with Saul. And Saul worshipped the Lord but it was empty human worship. It was not real worship. And Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him confidently thinking, Surely the bitterness of death is past. But Saul said, As your sword has made women childless, so will your mother Be childless among women. And Saul put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Now that's Holy Spirit worship. What's Holy Spirit worship? Obeying the word of the Lord. Doing what he says to do. Going where he says to go. Not walking in my own flesh. Not walking in my own pleasure. But immediately stepping forward and doing exactly what God has told me to do, even if it's an unpleasant task. Then Samuel left for Raymond. But Saul went up to his own house in Gilbreath of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go see Saul again. Why? Because he knew King Saul was a liar, that you could not trust his words, that you could not put together his words with his actions. He was a liar through to the very end. King Saul was a liar. Are you going to be a liar until you die? Or are you going to honestly confess your sin and deal with it to the bottom and make amends for it, make restitution for
2: it? No, this is God's heart.
0: Samuel does not go see King Saul again because King Saul is a liar. But he's not doing that out of bitterness of heart. Samuel is mourning for King Saul. And the Lord was grieved that he'd made Saul king over Israel. What a tragic, tragic, lost opportunity to obey the word of the Lord and reestablish himself before God as a worthy king, but he sold out. He sold out to the soldiers. He sold out to the people. He sold out to himself because he would build a a monument to himself. Can you hear in my words how utterly distasteful this is? Finally, the Lord speaks to Samuel. How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. Being a prophet is not an easy thing. This is probably one of the greatest prophets in all of Scripture. But he is caught. He's caught between the righteousness of God and the wickedness of men's hearts. And it could cost him his life. I love Samuel. You know, you think of Samuel out of the stories of the Scripture, and he's the little boy. No, this is the man, Samuel, who stands terrified between the absolute king over Israel and the absolute king over the universe. What are you afraid of? I hope this message today has caused you to feel some fear for the almighty God of heaven and earth. It's not wise to make the Lord God angry with you. And on the other side, do you want to make your wife, your husband, your children, your friends and family, do you want to make them disrespect you? No, we all want to be loved and respected and cared for. but you have to choose who will respect you. And I tell you, I've made a very difficult choice. I want to be respected, loved, cherished by Jesus Christ. I have many who have rejected me, say, Pastor Ray Greenlee is a crazy man? Okay, so be it. I'll be a crazy man for you. But I want Jesus. And you understand when you say, I want Jesus, those are not cheap words. It means you're going to have to stand before the judge of the universe. And he's going to examine you and say, did your words have meaning? Did you live up to your words? Did you do what you said you would do? Did you obey the commands of the Lord or did you resort to rebellion like the sin of divination? Did you rest in your music? Did you rest in your institutional church?
2: I pray, Almighty
0: God. We're in such trouble in America because our words are so cheap, so meaningless. But, oh, my Lord, your words are for eternity, your kindness is for eternity. Thank you. Your promises are forever. Thank you, Jesus. I rest today in my Lord and in my Savior. I rest in you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord, my King. Thank you. Well, July is a very difficult time. Everybody's off on vacation. But I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Thank you Gail. Thank you Dirk. Thank you Rodney. And the others who have so kindly at the command of Jesus given to cover the costs of this gospel work. You can write to Pastor Ray Greenley National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box twenty three forty six. Woodbridge, Virginia two two one nine five. I haven't been to the post office, so I don't know what's there. I can't I haven't been out of the house for three months. I'm waiting on Jesus. He will heal me. I'm waiting on him. I'm trusting in his absolute promises. Our God is not one who lies. I can trust his promise. You can trust the promises of God if you will step out on them, take them in faith, and plead your case before Almighty God you can go to our internet nationalprayerchapel.com you can give online that's what Dirk that's what Gail that's what others do thank you Lord we're out of time today for this broadcast But I know, Jesus, I know you are pleased when we walk in humble obedience before you. We do what you tell us to do. Our focus is not on the world, the flesh, or the devil. But our focus is on you, Jesus. I'm so grateful, Jesus, for your Wonderful, wonderful love. Your mercy, your grace. Lord, I just come today asking for those men and women who are in the valley of decision. Would you pull them through, Jesus? That they will stop their rebellion, stop their lying, stop their cheating. That they will come the way of the cross. And Lord, I pray for those today who are physically sick, for those who are in pain or anguish. Lord, I know what that's like when you can't sleep because your your leg or some part of your body is cramping so badly it makes you shout, makes you scream. Lord, I'm praying right now for those people who are in that position before you, that you would rebuke the devourer, that you would call them into full repentance and belief in the name of Jesus, and that you would move in mighty healing power on their behalf right now. Release your spirit. Oh, Jesus, release your spirit now for those who so desperately need you across this nation, across this city. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I know the Lord has met you today because he's been here with me I love you, and I pray that you will meet the requirements of the King of Kings, and no more lying or hiding. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.